Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I hope you queens out there are still having a grand gay old time. You girls got seven days to get all your pride-related partying done. Like, that will be an issue for any of you. But don't worry about it, girls. Don't you worry Even if Pride ends next Wednesday, Thursday starts the 4th of July party weekend, you'll still have another weekend to have a grand gay old time. And then, of course, the next weekend, you'll have a grand gay old time again. I know how all you queens are out there, so have fun while you still can. And for the rest of you folks, I hope you are having a grand gay old time as well, even if you are not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Being straight, that is. (laughs) No, I'm just playing around. Folks, today's podcast is going to be just like last Wednesday's podcast. We are aiming for a 30-minute podcast. And yes, folks, white boy Malcolm X and I have another bet going that I can't get it done this week either. But this week, folks, this week, I'm going to get it done. So let's go ahead and jump into this podcast. But before we start with our news quick hits, we folks... We have a correction, and we like to do corrections here on the Miller Frost Show, top of the podcast. First, just to get them out of the way, and second, so we're not hiding anything. Front and center, we just like to put it out there. We messed up, or I messed up, rather. White Boy Malcolm X, of course, is perfect. Never makes any mistakes, folks. But I like to admit when I screw something up. So here is this particular instance. So on Sunday's podcast... I asked a rhetorical question. I asked how many black people, thanks to hysterical liberal whites and militant blacks who all want to defund the police, how many black people lost their lives on Juneteenth? That was the rhetorical question. Then I made a comment about the city of Chicago, and I said probably a couple dozen people shot, a few people dead. That was my prediction for the city of Chicago, and that, folks, that was where I was wrong. Apparently, according to Breitbart, only 23 people were shot, two of them fatally, Friday into Saturday night in Chicago. So I was one person short. I was wrong. I said a couple dozen people, not quite two dozen. Theoretically, I could still be right because I don't know how many people were shot early Sunday morning. I'm sure a couple, but folks, right now I am wrong. I admit it, only 23 people were shot in the city of Chicago between Friday and Saturday night. That's not quite a couple dozen. Close, but close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and nuclear bombs. 
And if you're curious to know the year-to-date carnage in the city of Chicago, according to the Chicago Tribune, 1,587 people have been shot in the city of Chicago from January 1st to June 14th of this year. 1,587. 294 people have been killed in the city of Chicago through June 12th. So they are clearly having a grand, gay old time in the city of Chicago. For them, anyway, that's how they have a grand, gay old time. Shooting each other up there. I haven't heard anything from Patrice Kong Coolers about the 1,587 people being shot up there, the 294 people being killed. She's probably too busy house hunting right now to worry about those black lives. Those black lives, folks, they don't matter much at all. Not to the good woke folk out there who are trying to sell their poetic truth that black people are only murdered by whitey. When black people kill each other, that is not something they want to talk about. So we're not going to talk about it here because I have a deadline to make and we're going to make it. So let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. This first one, folks, is from the Bangor Daily News. California woman sues Red Lobster for deceptive advertising a sustainable Maine lobster. I do not know what's worse, folks, that this stupid chick chose Red Lobster to eat a meal or that she's suing them over deceptive advertising. But let's find out more. Here are a couple pull quotes. A Southern California woman backed by a class action law firm is suing the Red Lobster restaurant chain for deceptive advertising in federal court, saying it falsely claims lobster from Maine is a sustainable fishery that allows the highest standards. The suit highlights a Red Lobster menu that includes a claim of traceable, sustainable, and responsible. The filing called that a false claim because a federal judge found last year that the U.S. lobster fishery posed a threat to endangered North Atlantic right whales, a finding that led to part of Maine's lobster fishery losing certification as sustainable by the Influential Marine Stewardship Council. White Boy Malcolm X. And this is a rhetorical question, sir, so you don't have to answer. But what kind of hysterical nutjob sues Red Lobster? Of all the places to sue... Red Lobster. Why the hell would she go to Red Lobster? When I have a craving for seafood, folks, the last place I would go would be a Red Lobster. I would rather go to a Long John Silver's than go to Red Lobster for seafood. Last place I would want to go. Not this stupid chick. No, she wants the Red Lobster. And she goes to the Red Lobster, folks. And now she is butthurt about an old menu that talked about sustainable lobster. And so instead of just saying, eh, it's red lobster. Why the hell am I going to bother to get upset about it? I'm just going to go somewhere else. That's what she should have done. But no, she went to a strip mall lawyer and said, I want to sue red lobster. Their old menu lied to me. And I am really super duper butthurt. She has got to be above and beyond being a hysterical nut job deciding to sue red lobster. She's got to be a complete idiot on top of that. Everyone knows in these class action lawsuits, the only people that get rich are the lawyers. Her strip mall lawyers are going to make huge bank off of this stupid lawsuit suing the Red Lobster. You know what she's going to get, folks? She and all the other clowns signing up for this stupid lawsuit, they are going to get a coupon for a free side of hush puppies. That's about it for them, folks. Maybe two coupons, but that is the extent of their settlement. So, honey... I hope being butthurt over that stupid menu was worth it to you. 
and I hope those free hush puppies make you just as happy. Enjoy each and every bite of them, knowing that the only thing you did was to make your strip mall lawyers that much richer. From 770 KTTH, Gay Pride event in Seattle City Park charging whites reparation fees. Uh-oh, whitey gotta pay. Let's find out more about that. Here's a couple pull quotes. Organizers for a Seattle Gay Pride event say they're charging white people a reparations fee to attend. They have the support of Seattle City Council President and Mayoral Candidate Lorena Gonzalez and the Seattle Human Rights Commission. Taking Black Pride organizers, and folks, Taking Black Pride is the name of this clownish bunch, charging Whitey a reparations fee, say that all are welcome to attend. However, white allies and accomplices must pay the reparations fee. It will be charged on a sliding scale of $10 to $50, depending on one's ability to pay. So I guess Whitey needs to bring their tax returns. The event location is Jimi Hendrix Park, owned by the city of Seattle. And I don't know what's worse, folks. The fact that they're doing this, they are charging Whitey the reparations fee, or that those stupid white liberals who go to this thing, folks, you know they're going to pay the damn thing. Oh, oh, I love hanging out with the BIPOC folk. You know how white liberals are. Oh, I feel so honored to pay a reparations fee. Can I pay it twice? I'm a bad white person. Oh, I loathe myself. I hate myself for being white. That's what they're going to do. They're going to run down there, cash in hand, waving it around. Can you see, though, white boy Malcolm X? Can you see? And no doubt, folks, they're going to have some angry BIPOC lesbian standing there, arms folded across her chest, just staring down Whitey when Whitey comes up. White lesbian will walk up there. $10. White lesbian hands her the 10 bucks. White transgender walks up. She looks him up and down. $25. Hands her $25, moves on. White queen sashays up. Oh, I just love it here. She looks him up and down. $40. Oh, I'll pay 50. I don't mind paying. $40, she barks at him again. Okay, here's my $40. Queen sashays away. Then, folks, then, folks, guess who walks up? A hysterical millennial Gen Z white chick. Black lesbian's going, oh, Christmas. Here we go. And then, folks, then, like a volcano erupting, here it comes. Social I'm down for the struggle. Yes, folks, those white women's tears start flowing. Black woman looks at her. $500. White woman's like, I thought it was only up to 50. I'm down for the struggle. No, $500. You know that hysterical white woman shedding those white women's tears. She ain't paying $500, folks. She is an over-entitled millennial Gen Z chick. She is not going to pay that. She's just going to turn around and go into town and loot, riot, burn, have a grand gale time outside of that park. So you folks in the tribe have a grand gale time. You BIPOC folk, enjoy those reparations. You stupid white folks down there paying that. You enjoy giving up your hard-earned money or your free money from the government. I don't know which it is, but you folks enjoy yourself either way. From Outsports, Raiders player Carl Nassib. And Carl, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but I don't know how to pronounce your last name. And no, I am not going to subject myself to ESPN to figure out how to pronounce your name. So we're just going to go with Nassib. So I apologize. But anyway, Carl Nassib comes out as gay, first active player in NFL history. So Carl, 
before I forget, welcome to the tribe. Welcome to our fun, lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. And White Boy Malcolm X. Look at him. Thoughts, sir. Stud indeed. <laughs> yes, folks. Carl Nassib. Nassib. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Stud. Carl. Damn fine young man there. And now that I'm thinking about it, not that Carl would be interested, but you high school teachers out there, when you are eyeing up that fresh teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait. If Sebastian Stan, who let's face it, folks, Sebastian Stan is a man's man. But if Sebastian Stan is not your cup of tea, not your flavor of the month, Carl Nassib, or a straight version of Carl Nassib, that's another man you can eye up. Remember, high school teachers, more Sebastian Stan, more Carl Nassib, or straight Carl Nassib, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. But anyway, back to the latest queen in the tribe. Here are a couple pull quotes. Las Vegas Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib became the first active NFL player in history to announce that he is gay. What's up, people? Nassib posted on Instagram. I'm at my house in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but finally feel comfortable getting it off my chest. I really have the best life, the best family, friends, and a job a guy can ask for. Well, that I have to say, White Boy Malcolm X, even if, folks, even if it was posted on Instagram, even if it was posted there, that was a very nice statement that Carl Nassib, young stud that he is, that was a very nice, I think it was a very nice statement that he put out. If he had only quit there, though, folks, if he had just said, that's enough, that's all I'm going to put out there on Instagram. So here's a little bit more for you. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I am not doing this for attention. Uh Uh-oh, White Boy Malcolm X. I am starting to smell T.J. Osborne in this statement. Not literally, folks. Calm down out there. Just calm down. Not literally, but... This is starting to sound like T.J. Osborne. Remember, folks, T.J. Osborne started his statement when he was going, yap, 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 about coming out of the closet. He started out by saying that he came out of the closet so that he could make it easier for everyone else. He was doing it for all the other little closeted gabies and lesbians and all the other folks in the tribe, all those other people trapped in the closet, just like Ricky Martin was back in 2000. Remember, folks, when Barbara Walters was... Knocking on that closet door, Ricky was like, Go away, go away, there's nobody here, please, 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 go away. And Barbara was having none of that. She kept banging and banging and banging. Oh, please, 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 go away. That's what T.J. Osborne started out by saying. And then he pivoted, folks. He pivoted to say how angry and butthurt he was that he could not kvetch and go, Yap, 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 about all the heartbreak he was going through because nobody knew he was gay. So he went from this really nice statement about coming out for everyone else. He went from that to it's all about him. He was pissed off with the world because he couldn't talk about his heartbreak. So at the end of the day, it was all about him. So I'm hoping, folks, I'm hoping and praying, please, 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 sweet baby Jesus, we are not going down that road with Carl Nassib. But let's find out. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope one day that videos like this and the whole coming out process are not necessary. But until then, I will do my best and my part to cultivate a culture 
that's accepting and compassionate, and I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. I bet those professional queens over at the Trevor Project were like, man, that is a lot of good cocktail money. Thank you, Carl Nassim. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America, and they're truly doing incredible things. I'm very excited to be part of it and help in any way that I can, and I'm really pumped, yes, Carl, that you are, to see what the future holds. So I guess we're lucky, folks. We did dodge a bullet there. He did not go full T.J. Osborne. He did not complain about nobody knowing that he was gay. So he's already like 10 steps ahead of T.J. Osborne at this point. But Carl, welcome to the tribe. Enjoy our lovable Star Wars bar tribe. Enjoy it. Have fun. Be careful out there, Carl. You are fresh meat in the tribe. You better be careful, girlfriend. Those queens are going to beeline to you. You know what Carl needs, white boy Malcolm X? And I wonder if he has the time. What he needs is good kick, really, to guide him out of the closet, just like he's doing to Colton Underwood. I'm sure, folks, that Goose Kentworthy has the time in his schedule to escort not one queen, but two out of the closet. And for our last news quick hit, and hopefully they are really quick, because I got a bet to win, this is from the New York Post, Olympic weightlifter calls transgender athletes' inclusion a bad joke. Uh Uh-oh, somebody sounds like a turf and a transphobe. Let's find out more. Here are some poll quotes. A Belgian weightlifter has blasted the International Olympic Committee for allowing a transgender female to compete in this summer's Tokyo Games, saying it feels like a bad joke. Anna Van Bellingham told the website Inside the Game Sunday that while she supports the transgender community and does not reject New Zealander Laurel Hubbard's decision to transition from male to female, this particular situation is unfair to the sport and to the athletes. I only got one thing to say about this. I don't know about you all, but I know who's getting themselves a first-class ticket on the train to the re-education camp to get her mind right. Anna, you are not supposed to say that. You're not even allowed to think that. Honey, you have screwed up royalty. And white boy Malcolm X, bet. How much, sir, do you want to bet that she will come out within the next week and grovel and apologize for what she said? What are you taking, sir, over under a week? Under the safe bet. I'm sure, folks, she's already getting reamed out over opening her mouth about that. You are not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to think that. You're in a lot of trouble, young lady. Get out there and apologize. So, Anna, enjoy the re-education camp. Enjoy getting your mind right. And we will look for that apology here soon. Okay, folks, our news quick hits are over. Yes, white by Malcolm X, gays at the front, smoking gunners at the back, woke in the middle. Gay, woke, smoking gun. Let's jump in. This first one is from Pink News. Jesus Christmas, here we go. Jane Fonda breaks down in tears as Demi Lovato explains their brave non-binary journey. Brave, is that what they're calling their non-binary journey? That is brave. Demi Lovato being on Demi Lovato 3.0. That's the version she's up to. She went from Demi Lovato straight to Demi Lovato pansexual. What's a pansexual? A snooty bisexual. That's what a pansexual is. 
She went from straight to pansexual. And now, folks, now she is non-binary. And that is a brave journey for her. Poor, well, I would say poor princess, but I can't say that. Poor non-binary member of the royal family. So let's find out more about Jane Fonda going yap, 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 yap with Demi Lovato. Jane Fonda broke down in tears as Demi Lovato explained how they came to realize that they are non-binary. The trailblazing actor appeared on the singer's podcast, 4D with Demi Lovato, to discuss her decade-spanning career and her ongoing fight to tackle the climate emergency. So Jane Fonda, folks, she went from selling out U.S. soldiers during the Vietnam War. That was her claim to fame back in the 70s. She's gone from trashing U.S. soldiers as her activist cause. She's gone from that to being nothing more than a third-rate Al Gore. That is how far Jane Fonda has fallen. While discussing discrimination and equality, Lovato noted that oppression creates an imbalance in the environment and the economy everywhere, before adding, I keep trying to tell all my friends, it's the patriarchy. The patriarchy? What the hell? White boy Malcolm X. The patriarchy? She is blaming the patriarchy. You know, now that I think about it, I have to say, it's kind of refreshing. Yes, it's refreshing. I have to say, it's a little refreshing that she's blaming the patriarchy. Folks, what have we heard for the last year or so? It's Whitey's fault. Everything is Whitey's fault. Now she's just blaming men. So yes, White Boy Malcolm X, it is refreshing in a weird kind of way, but refreshing. When did that come to you, the realization that patriarchy is at the root of it, Fonda asked. Lovato replied, I think it came in two tears for me. I think the first tear was going to a friend's, get this folks, poetry slam show that I identified so profoundly with because they were talking about not conforming to genders and identifying not as male or female. And a poetry slam show, White Boy Malcolm X, is that where they go and they like read off really bad poems and then like snap their fingers to applaud? You think so? (laughs) I don't know, folks. I have never been to a poetry slam show, but hey, if that floats your boat, more power to you. When I heard their take on that, I identified with it so much that I thought to myself, oh, there's something here. There's something that I've never known about my entire life, but it's clicking now, and I need to research this. I need to do more work. I need to sit with this. So I did. I sat with it for over a year, and the more I sat with it, the more research I did. And folks, no, I do not know how much research is involved in figuring out that you are non-binary because you went to a poetry slam show. I have no idea how much research is involved. They continue. And folks, when they continue, it's not Jane and Demi, it's just Demi. The reasoning behind me cutting my hair off, and dear, dreadful, 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 it looks dreadful, was because I was shedding all of the gender norms that had been placed on me growing up female in this world. And I always found that men were at the root of pushing their agendas on me to be a sexy pop star, whatever would make other people the most money. And I had to break that mold because I had to find the freedom for myself in order to survive, to live. Okay, I am not reading anymore. (laughs) Jesus Christmas, she is exhausting. Sorry, folks, I just cannot read anymore of that. But I just want to make sure 
And no, I am not going to do a reenactment of Demi Lovato's life, but I just want to make sure that I understand what is going on here. For you folks out there, and for you, White Boy Malcolm X, because you look very, very, very confused. So as I understand it, once upon a time, you had Demi Lovato. She was straight. Then, folks, Demi came out as pansexual. What's a pansexual? It's a snooty bisexual. Then, folks, as a snooty bisexual or a pansexual, Demi goes to a poetry slam show. She's there listening to the poetry, snapping her fingers to applaud. She goes to this thing. She has an epiphany. Sweet baby Jesus, I might be non-binary. So, folks, for a year, not just a day, not just a week, not just a month, a year, Demi starts to research being non-binary. And folks, she is not just doing it to pick the best funky pronoun she can. No, she is going into this full throttle. She is doing all sorts of research on this. And she comes out of that year of research and she announces to the world, guess what, folks? Demi 3.0 is here. I am not straight. I am not a snooty bisexual, a pansexual. I am actually non-binary. And I've got a new set of pronouns. They, them. So now, folks, she is out in the world as non-binary screwing up anyone who is out there talking about her in the third person, but she is out there as non-binary. And folks, as the cherry on the dessert, she blames the patriarchy for a really crappy hair job. If you ever want to know what a blind person would do with someone's hair and a pair of scissors, just look at Demi Lovato's head. That is what it looks like. That is what a blind person and a pair of scissors will do to someone's hair. So she cuts off her hair to shed gender norms, And she winds up looking like a man. (laughs) She looks just like a man, even if she hates men, even if she wants to blame the patriarchy for all her problems. She still winds up, at the end of the day, looking like a man with a really crappy haircut. White Boy Malcolm X, did I get that summary correct, sir? Just about, okay. (laughs) I mean, other than that, other than that summary, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, I will say this. Yes, of course, folks, I do have something to say. I actually, I feel bad, kind of bad for Demi Lovato. And don't give me that look, White Boy Malcolm X, because I do. I really feel bad. In some way, I feel bad for her. She is, folks, I would say a bit of a lost soul. She's like a lot of these dopey millennial Gen Z kids out there trying to find themselves, out there trying to find their purpose in life. I think part of it is that. I suspect she's a bit confused about things, and she feels that this is the path she needs to be on. Hey, Demi, if this leads you to your bliss, more power to you. I hope you find what you're looking for. I really do. I wish you no ill will. I know I give you a bit of grief, dear, but I hope that this path you're on, I hope it leads to something good at the end of the day. I really do. That was one thought that I had, and I do mean it, folks. I feel bad for her, and I hope she finds her bliss. I really do. But there's a part of me, folks. I hate to admit it, but I am Gen X. I'm not going to say Gen Z this time. I am Gen X. And what are Gen X? Cynics. We are all cynics. And what does the cynic in me say? The cynic in me says, Demi's career is on the downward slope. Kind of like the Titanic. That's Demi's career, the Titanic. The bow is already under the water, and she still thinks she can save the ship. Demi's career is on the decline. She really wants to stop that. And folks, she really likes the attention she gets rebooting herself like she is. She got a lot of attention when she came out as pansexual. 
she got even more attention when she came out as non-binary. She needs a reboot, folks, to keep her name in the press. That's what the cynic in me says. She's doing this for attention. She's doing this to reboot her career. I don't think either of them are going to work, but she doesn't know that yet, so she's going to keep trying. And how do you think she's going to try? Folks, I think Demi Lovato has one more reboot in her, Demi Lovato 4.0. Demi, not getting the attention she needs, not getting the career boost she wants, Demi is going to come out one day and say, you know what? I'm not actually straight. I'm not actually pansexual or lazy bisexual. I'm not actually non-binary. I discovered, just like Elliot Page, that I am a man. That, folks, is where the cynic in me thinks this is all leading to. Demi Lovato, at some point, I would say within the next year, Demi is going to come out as transgender. At this point, folks, that's the only card she has to play. But until then, yep, 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 yep. That's all we're going to get out of this stupid chick. White boy Malcolm X, can I skip this stupid woke story? Folks, this is from the Post Millennial. Washington Post urges white people to feel shame to self-segregate into white accountability groups. And basically, folks, the long and short of this article, white people just need to hang out with other white people. And they need to do that, folks, for one to five years. And why do they need to do that for one to five years? They need to do that, folks, to get their mind right with other white people. Personally, folks, I think they're just trying to set us up. I really do. They're like, all you white people, you need to self-segregate into accountability groups. Get your minds right. So all the white people, what are they going to do? They're going to form all these all-white accountability groups. What do you think the BIPOC folk are going to do when all the white people only hang out with other white people? Well, aren't you all a pack of racist crackers only hanging out with other white people? Of course, Whitey's going to be like, you told us to do it. Well, you're still a racist if you don't hang out with any BIPOC folk. They're trying to set us up, I think. You can't win with these people ever. We had that story a couple months back, that stupid BIPOC chick on a college campus. She was complaining about a lack of police presence being racist. And what have we heard for the last year? A police presence is racist. So Popo can't win. They show up, they're racist. They don't show up, racist still. So now these angry leftist BIPOC folk trying to trick Whitey into self-segregating, they are trying to set us up and trash us for being racist because we're only hanging out with other white people. Why are we only hanging out with other white people? Because they told us to in the first place. I don't know who would want to be friends with an angry leftist BIPOC folk. Regular BIPOC folk, no problem whatsoever. But angry leftists in general, man, that has got to be exhausting to be around those folks. It's like walking on eggshells all the time. These are the folks that love to scream about microaggression. You say good morning, they call you racist for saying good morning. You're terrified to wish them a good morning, that's racist too. They're just looking to be offended no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you don't do, no matter what you don't say. They're going to be offended no matter what. So I think, folks, these self-segregated accountability groups, that's just these angry leftist BIPOC folk setting us up to call us racist yet again. So that is the only thing I'm going to talk about on that stupid story. Those idiots at the Washington Post. Oh, democracy dies in darkness. Those frauds over at the Washington Post, those idiot frauds over at Jeff Bezos' pet newspaper. Let's trash Whitey. It's boring already for Christmas sakes. 51 years on this planet, all I hear is, yep, 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 Whitey sucks. 
like you clowns at the Washington Post are breaking any news with that. Okay, folks, this is what I've been waiting for. It is a smoking gun story. It is not, unfortunately, folks, it is not a Florida smoking gun story, but it's from South Carolina. And yes, of course, that's my home state, but it's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And what is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, folks? That is the Florida of South Carolina. If you want to know what Myrtle Beach is like, it's just like the whole state of Florida. Bunch of crazy people down there. So how is this headline? Police, man reported assault over s'mores. Couple argued over making the sweet American delicacy. A South Carolina man told cops that his girlfriend of two weeks assaulted him during an argument over making s'mores early Saturday morning, according to an incident report. And I thought, folks, that the first couple months of any relationship were the honeymoon period, not for these two clowns. Responding to an assault call from a Myrtle Beach residence, police interviewed the couple, both of whom said they quarreled over the graham cracker chocolate marshmallow delicacy. But while the 45-year-old woman said the dispute never got physical and was verbal only, her 54-year-old boyfriend alleged that she struck him during the s'mores dispute. The victim and offender had been dating for about two weeks and lived together the whole time, a Myrtle Beach Police Department cop noted. And you folks over at the Myrtle Beach Police Department, bless your hearts for having to deal with the crazy that you deal with. Since the man had no bruises or marks to corroborate his claim and no other witnesses were present during the alleged assault, there was not enough to make an arrest on the offender, police reported. An incident report does not offer any specifics on the couple's s'mores discord. Folks, I have no doubt they were arguing about what looks better. Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform or Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform. That is the only thing I can think of that these two idiots would argue about on an early Saturday morning. And if they're up early on a Saturday morning making s'mores, they probably didn't wake up and go, hmm, I want some s'mores this morning. I bet, folks, I bet they were up all night, no doubt drinking bottle after bottle after bottle of deliciously chilled white Zinfandel, two ice cubes, guzzling that stuff up all night, and they're like, man, I am starving, let's do some s'mores. Yes, Wepomacomax, I am just going to do a very quick recap, make sure I understand this. No, we are not going to do a reenactment. But this guy, a 54-year-old man, he calls Popo over the argument. What the hell is up with men these days? Jesus Christmas. Just a couple days ago, folks, on our Sunday podcast, we had a 56-year-old man. He called Popo, folks, because his girlfriend, she threw a paper plate of chicken on him. These grown men in their 50s calling Popo over stupid stuff like this. Poor Popo out there having to deal with these clowns. Bless their hearts all around. I tell you what, though, folks, and this is the only thing I have to say about this, You can't fix stupid. So on that note, since I cannot top these two idiots arguing over s'mores, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And before we sign off, I do have a quick programming note. We will be here for Sunday's podcast, just like this one. It's going to be relatively short. 
I have a flight I got to catch that day. So we are not going to be here going yap, 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 yap for very long. But we will still be here on Sunday. But a week from today, unfortunately, can't do a podcast. But we'll be here for the 4th of July weekend. We'll figure it out. We'll get a podcast done. Don't you folks worry about it. But anyway, have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute! I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. yeah wait. Here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.